It was an entertaining contest at the MCG, but ultimately West Coast prevailed over a plucky Hawthorne outfit. Still, the tireless brilliance of certain stars, the bright spark of a debutante, and pieces falling into place for 2020, there's cause for optimism, folks. And that's what we're all about right here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who had a punt on the weekend, and boy, didn't it pay handsomely. G'day, Tiz. What a moment. <laughs> You're very pleased with yourself. Nearly got bustled out. <laughs> There's a shortage of modesty and decorum in the MCC at that particular moment in time. Gee, did we cop some views, didn't we? Other people didn't even know the game had begun. Before we talk about it in much that, more detail, I think we should actually provide context for the listeners because they don't know what the bloody hell we're talking about. Ah, uh, well, we were still recovering from the uh, blizzard that was going on outside mm-hmm. and we retreated for a couple of drinks to look on, look on at the football through the glass. And I think I commented to you that uh, it had been a couple of days of just really strange inklings for me. Like, my multi went up in smoke on the Thursday. <laughs> I think we should get that out of the way too. Uh, with Essendon beating the Giants. Yeah, and, after, and, I, after I said that it would be one of the easiest rounds to pick. <laughs> Someone, one of our listeners on Twitter, actually demanded that we talk about the multi too. Tongue didn't let me deeply in cheek. Now, that's because that guy actually picked the eight, didn't he? I think he did get eight, yes. Yeah. With Andrew, is, if I'm recalling correctly. Which is ridiculous. And I, yep. I just hope that he had a $1 bet on it. Just <laughs> <laughs> to really rub salt in the wound. No, it was, a, it was a few days of just really strange inkling. So on the day I placed the multi, I just had this funny feeling that Essendon might get up. But I didn't follow through on it because I thought, that's madness. That is mental thinking. That's, there's no way that's going to happen. And uh, lo and behold, it happened. And then on the Saturday, on game day, Tiz, I, I actually told you this. I had a funny feeling that I should put a bet down, you know, in addition to the multi. First time in years, probably, that I've ever done anything besides the multi. The advertising has worked. It has indeed. <laughs> I take after Jaden Stevenson, you see. He's my role model. So <laughs> I thought I'd have a bit of a punt. And uh, I you thought. You can't possibly lose as much as he has. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It was going to be a modest amount. I was going to be set. And I thought the target of my bet would be one Connor Nash. Oh, I just really? had this really funny feeling that. At some point in the game, he would kick a yeah, goal. but I did that a few weeks ago. And, you know, history doesn't repeat. <laughs> How much did you win that day? About four bucks? Yeah, it was the, the odds were four, I think, that day. Okay, so Nash comes back into the team and I think, oh, look, he's probably good for a goal at this some is point. any time goal. Any time. But, you know, I'm quite a conservative guy. I'm not really a risk taker, hence the $1 multis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, I refrained from making that bet. But rock up to the MCC... And uh, look what you've done. I've reinvested. That's right. Yeah, you've, got, you've put everything on Nash. Everything. How much did you put on Nash in the end? He was paying, what, $3.50? He was when I um, got one of those, you know, souped up deals from... Okay, gotcha. He had one... What did he have? Two shots for the day, and the first shot goes through on the fly, post high, with a boomerang from 45. Scenes, and, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Absolute scenes in the MCC. Yeah. Which uh, I did think at the time, I'm like, oh, oh, this is not a good impression to be making. <laughs> I couldn't help it. You just get carried away. But you do feel quite at home there. Like, it's not a foreboding atmosphere, really. No, no, not really. No, no. I was okay. I was just aware of, uh, you know. There's the a lot of, of history in there. And... No, I was just kind of aware of the emotional climate of, of the occasion. You know, we, we were the only ones really carrying on. <laughs> well, the there were place. people on the other side of the glass carrying on. We That's just true. couldn't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> but, it wasn't uh, a bad turnout, though. No, no, it must be said. We we did okay in the end. 
after, and they've still come for us in the media, even though we got 31,000, which outshone a few of the uh, contests on the weekend. Well, I mean, what about Essendon? Essendon play on a Thursday night, which I know is not the most ideal Against time another in interstate club. That's yeah. right. So no excuses there. And they play under the roof. So the conditions mm-hmm. aren't an issue. Um, so why are we getting targeted exactly? Oh, I think they've sniffed weakness. Come on for us. It's because we've whinged about it. And then Kane Corns gets on the bandwagon as well. Can we forget Kane Corns? Because uh, I, I I saw that. Have you seen that clip where Shane Mumford? No, no, not Shane Mumford. Barry Hall goes to. <laughs> he feigns to knock him out with a quick punch to the face, and Kane Corns drops to his knees <laughs> without actually any kind of follow through from Barry Hall. Mind you, I reckon I would have done the same. <laughs> I think most a, people would have. Uh, just a great moment it. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We need to. Is there a vision of that? We need to. Bring oh that yes, up. they brought yeah. it up on the Sunday Footy Show. Okay, well I reckon there's a there's a gif in that, listeners. If if you guys don't make it, uh, I will, and I'll put it up on Ad <laughs> Hoc Talk Pod because, uh, as we all know, by the end of the weekend, with all oh, the he's a very touchy personality, Kane. <laughs> with all the attendances coming through, Tiz, uh, it turns out the Port Adelaide fans really couldn't be bothered getting to the game. That's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? So the very people that Kane they is were in, in the eight too. Yeah, yeah, Kane's own tribe. Uh, after he came out and said those inflammatory comments about Hawthorne, couldn't even be bothered turning up. Well, they were probably gone camping with those taps they have. <laughs> exactly right. They have to be used. <laughs> you know, you pay good money for them. Cover a whole bay in a Port Adelaide tarp. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so uh, I jumped on Twitter and... Um, Gave it back. Yeah, if anyone wants a Kane Corns, uh, he's secondhand because I owned him. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I think we can tie a bow into that one and, and just let Kane sort of suffer in his own little whingy meltdowns that he has. And has Kerry done anything to sort of alleviate his constant onslaught against Clarko and the Hawthorne Football Club? Uh, we're not a destination club is the last thing I heard. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, Monday night, so there'll be a whole lot of shit to talk. <laughs> yes, we are recording this on a Monday night, so it might be happening even as I'm editing this. I'm sure the producers are sitting down giving Wayne his lines and he's fumbling, <laughs> his, yeah. fumbling his way through the sentences. Yeah, we're not under any illusions here. He does not think for himself. <laughs> uh, well, he couldn't possibly. He's held that many opposing views. Anyway, it was a good day. And we're so upbeat even though we lost. <laughs> we are. We are. I was going to say, this is a pretty peculiar start to this podcast but we are feeling up and about after that goal i did turn to you and go we've peaked early here <laughs> <laughs> that was an entertaining contest after i'm glad to say that you weren't necessarily right it was a good contest after that moment uh, before we get stuck into that recap though let's get to some social media stuff uh, now you can jump on itunes and rate and review us up to 168 ratings tis it's fantastic uh people love our show and they love telling us that they love our show we heard from one of our listeners mitch who's just jumped on board i love listening to the show on my long commute to work I just download the show the night before and away I go in the morning. I wouldn't say I look forward to the drive, but the boys almost make it worth it. Thank you. And he's given us five stars, Tiz. Nice. So thank you very much, Mitch. You can jump on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Fairly upbeat over on Twitter this week, which I think has fed into our attitude as well. Yes, everyone's taking away our position on the ladder from the number 18. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Facebook, I think things are a bit different on Facebook, aren't they? Not on our page, but just in general. If you do want to join our community <laughs> our, over there, our though. Our page is pretty pretty low ebb, really. 
Well, our page is pretty subdued. I mean, yeah. Twitter's our headquarters and Twitter's our family. And we've got the Facebook page as well if you want to keep up to date with the podcast there. Facebook.com slash Pod. That's your destination there but for our podcast. But do feel free to converse on there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... It, it might be an oasis. <laughs> it is, really. It should be. And it is. Uh, it's our lesser used platform. But if you hit us up there, well, of course, we'll reply. We love uh, love hearing from our listeners always. Now, let's get into the game. West Coast 11-11-77 defeated Hawthorne 9 17 71 17 I say with a bit of a wince because uh, that might have done it for us there uh, yeah but did we want to win well that is the question at, I don't think so at one point I, I, I just had some questions myself <laughs> and uh, well Clarko left Timmy O'Brien on Darling all day so yeah it was not fussed with that matchup at all at any stage he just thought well we'll just let this play out see <laughs> we'll how it goes let this ride <laughs> Exactly right. Uh, now, it's worth talking about Clarkson and how he saw the loss. Uh, referring to his post-match presser, he uh, reminded the footy world just how quickly tides can turn, and he doubled down on his commitment to Hawthorne's path, and he stated as follows, As long as you stay the course and don't throw the toys out of the cot when things aren't going so well for you, the capacity... He, is he referencing anybody there? Uh, multiple clubs, I would have thought. <laughs> do you, what, do you think, Carlton? Or I, I don't know. I thought he might have been trawling Facebook for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> the capacity to be able to turn things around in this competition is as quick as I've ever seen it. Now, Clarkson also made his mission for 2019 clear, declaring for the next eight weeks of the season, whether we win all eight or lose all eight, it doesn't really matter. What matters is we're taking... <gasps> I know, it's blasphemy, isn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is a well, little... He did play at Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> what matters is that we're taking positive steps forward with where we can take this footy club in the next two to three years, and we think we're on the right track. Yeah, Tiz, what do you make of all that? Oh, I'm quite happy with our performance on the weekend. I mm-hmm. thought the West Coast Eagles got a bit lucky. Yep. They got an injury to Hutchings, and then obviously Nat Nui and Rioli were underdone. Yep. So we probably looked better than we actually were on skill level. But there was a good fighting chance by the boys, and I enjoyed most of it. It's interesting. He could be uh, criticised as having sour grapes, Tiz. When when you say that, uh, did we want to win? Eh, we only lost by a goal. Well, I didn't want to win anyway. But that happens to be the position that I adopt as well. Uh, I think it's kind of in our best interest to lose. Now, don't get me wrong, listeners. It hurt. It stung at the final siren. I would have rather get the four points. But, <laughs> well, exactly. I think it is in our best interest to... It's just hard to see at the time. In the moment... They're not the ones I want to beat. So, oh, yeah, so that's Collingwood right. on Friday, yeah, or well, the Cats, as you want. Yeah, well, I'd take Collingwood as well at this point. <laughs> I'd be happy for either. Oh, I'm gunning for Collingwood to lose. I just Something good. about Bucks. <laughs> he doesn't handle it well. I didn't mention this in the lead-up to this recording, but uh, I watched the highlights of last year's grand final again. Yeah. Just for that moment at the final side. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I am the worst, listeners. You know what you should do? You, mm. run, you just run together Rioli's first goal. Right, yeah. and then that from Bucks, <laughs> because that just captures the whole day. Um, as far they, as they weren't overly impressive, no, not really. Um, uh, we, we certainly g- we gave them a number of easy goals. Yes, that's true. But we had it. We had our chances as well. I mean, Amira missed three. Nine seventeen. Amira misses three. Segler misses three. Uh, Segler's misses in particular, I felt, were really bad. Uh, I mean, let's let's get to Jagus. We brought him up just then. In wild conditions, you know, wet weather footy. I mean, you need a player to get in and get their hands dirty. That's exactly what Jagus did. Our best player, which we both acknowledge, and he ran at 
percent disposal efficiency. Yeah, below even his standard of like 50% or whatever it's hovering at, which is not great to begin with. Then you add in the weather, the conditions behind it. Well, of course, it's going to plummet yet again. 37 disposals, 25 of those contested. Unbelievable work rate as well. 12 clearances, 10 tackles. Equal first for rebound 50s, finishing with six. So an absolute beast there, Tiz. Yes, an incredible game from him. Uh, Unfortunately, most of our highest possession winners, all of them, Jager... Shields and Warble all ran at 43% disposal efficiency or below, uh, which just indicates how hot it was on the inside and the weather conditions. Well, one of our listeners, Ross, hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod. He wants to know what's going on with Jager's disposal efficiency. I, I trust he means in general, not just this game. It's yeah. been a few weeks it's been down. Yeah. I would say he's playing through an injury. Also, you've got to remember he's getting all the attention now. I would say the uh, the latter there that you pointed out is that's the problem for mine. Uh, is, well, are I you mean, seeing any uh, conclusive proof that he's yeah, carrying something? The or? acceleration away from a pack. Okay, have you right. noticed? I've not noticed. That's why I'm exactly. asking. Exactly, there isn't any. <laughs> okay, so you see, so you've done there. So he's uh, he, he's obviously suffering something, I think. But I mean, playing through it, this bloke is going to improve by a hell of a lot into going into next year, just R- from the mere inclusion of. Tom Mitchell next to him. Now, remember when um, we were anxious to get O'Meara on the park? We were like, where is he? Where is he? Why have we done this deal? Why have we got him to the club? And uh, here he is busting a gut. And fans have short memories sometimes. <laughs> He's become super important to this club. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure people do recognise it. But uh, I need to implore fans to recognise that, that once upon a time, we were just happy to see him play football. And now uh, he's a superstar for our club. Now, Jarman Impey, what do you think of this game? Well, he remained in the back half all game, didn't he? Which was interesting from Clarko because he mm-hmm. likes to sh- shift him around the park, but he had an excellent game. He's Both not- on the inside and the outside. Had a couple of clangers, but all in all, he's becoming one of the most consistent players on our list. It's incredible how vital he's become to this team. Handy in set mark and a creator as well. That last quarter, uh, if we had have come away with the win, he's the first bloke I would have looked to to go, well... He's a match winner there. He was incredible on that final quarter. 21 touches overall, five marks, two of those contested, and five rebound 50s. Yeah, he got seven touches in that last quarter, which is a third of his touches. Mm. So, excellent stuff from him. Uh, There was only one bloke this week who didn't get a touch in the last quarter, and that was Connor Nash, as opposed to last week when a number of our players fell away. Yep, I remember you mentioning that. Well, that's something, at least. Anyway... As a team, they looked much better going to the forward 50, didn't they? Having mentioned Connor Nash not getting a touch in the last <laughs> quarter, I think I should mention how important he was to the structure, or mm-hmm. at least how important he was in disabling the defensive structure, which was without mm. McGovern, let's yes. say. Yep. But uh, he was creating holes. He was creating space mm-hmm. in the forward 50 because he's so that. quick. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, I'm glad you pointed that out because it's something I wanted to talk about as well. Um, it did look a bit different. Uh, One know, of our highest scoring from inside 50s this week. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't looked like that since Connor Nash was in the side last time. Hello. What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting he's pretty bloody important. Just because he makes some defenders honest, not necessarily in the air, Yep. but they've got to be mindful that he'll be getting out the back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he is tall enough for them not to, you know, look at Poppy and go, oh, well, if he if he's their highest forward. Yep. I could probably hang off him about 15 metres. No, I completely agree. I know exactly what you're saying. Nash is that kind of build and has that athleticism that he's a danger. 
if you leave him unchecked, you, you run the risk of something happening. So, you know, just I know what fans are thinking at the moment. Like, oh, okay, yeah, mate, all right, Connor Nash. But just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it, you know, teams have not been foolish enough and that creates opportunity for us. As you say, Tiz, as you rightly point out, as long as someone's marking Nash and Nash is dragging yeah. them over the park... Well, then... is pressure acts any good? Because that's what we, that's what we uh, judge Poppy on. Well, we do uh, nickname him Tall Poppy. We nicknamed him. Yep. We Connor did. Nash, known as Tall Poppy. Well, he had 32 pressure points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poppy, Poppy more than doubled that. <laughs> Poppy had 68. So you can see why he retains his, his spot on the side. And uh, there was there was only three players on the field who got above ninety percent disposal efficiency. Mm-hmm. I know one of them because I want to talk about him. But uh, see if you can guess who I wanted to talk about. Dylan Moore. He got a hundred percent. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but he had something like what eight nine touches though, didn't he? He did. Uh, I'm not turning my nose up at that. It's difficult conditions out there. So a hundred percent is pretty bloody good still. Uh, James Frawley. He also had about the same. But he had a great game. He was fantastic, yep. Uh, here's a Kennedy stat. who? Here's a stat for you. Josh Kennedy has gone goalless twice in the last 104 games he's played. 2015 in the grand final versus James Frawley and Hawthorne at the MCG. And uh, on the weekend, <laughs> round 15 versus James Frawley and Hawthorne at the MCG. So uh, Frawley's still very much proving his worth here. Yeah, and he also looked pretty comfortable with the ball this weekend. Mm-hmm, he did, yeah. We're going to miss him if he leaves. I think he's on a one-year contract. He'll get renewed, though. Definitely. Yeah, Hawthorne With what's be... already coming off the list in terms of experience. Exactly. Hawthorne will be very eager to re-sign him. And they've got to do something to shore up the depth there as well. Now, lucky number 13, Connor yeah. Glass. <laughs> the third player that has efficiency over 90%, Connor Glass. Now, uh, you call me crazy. I know I've been harsh on him, but are we seeing signs that he's finally getting it? Can he hang at the level? Uh, now, is that his sixth game? Yes, in a row, I think, yeah. Well, yeah. even counting the bye, I think, yeah. Well, that's he's, he's turning into a good player now. I mean, if you're running at 90% in the AFL, you're feeling at home. In those conditions, 11 touches at 90.9%, disposal efficiency, he's got five marks, four inside 50s, didn't have a single clanger for the day. Uh, I don't know how he could be too critical of his game. The inside 50s is interesting, isn't it? Because mm. that doesn't just happen. Yep. You've got to be tapped on the head and allowed to kick inside 50 at Hawthorne. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. And I thought Daniel Howe had a very good game on Elliot Yo, And it's something that a lot of people don't notice or acknowledge. Mm. But Elliot Yo is very, very important to that to that team. And, and if he were doing what he usually does most weeks, which is what Shuey seemed to be able to do as mm-hmm. he liked, which is just read the tap and run and kick it as far as he could, then we would never have got anywhere near the Eagles. It's important for uh, for Dan Howe as well. This is return to the senior side. And, you know, he's known to fans as a stopper, someone who could have a serious impact just in the in the way that he did on the weekend. So he's come back into the side. He's played his role to perfection. I imagine the coaching staff are very happy with what he showed. And he kicked a lovely goal. Yeah, an important goal. goal. Yeah. yeah. But an important goal too. Now, mm. now your favourite man on the park. Oh, here we go. Jimmy Warple. <laughs> you did ask. You actually asked uh, who my favourite player was because I don't think we've discussed that before. And the first one that came to mind was Warple. I think Sicily's up there as well, but let's go Warple. <laughs> but that was a lovely goal. It was indeed. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. So there were little flashes of brilliance. Ollie Hanrahan turning up. Yes. Yeah, so I want to talk about Ollie Hanrahan, and so did uh, Rory at Hawk Talk Pod. How did you view Hanrahan's game? 
I would say he looked comfortable at the level. He didn't look overawed, which is nice to see. I don't think I've ever seen Hanrahan look overawed. He, he seems to be a very workmanlike <laughs> That's true enough. player, and he, he, he trusts himself. I, I like him. Yeah, it was a satisfactory debut. It'll always be memorable as well for that goalie kick. That was a nice moment, as they always are. Yeah, ran 100% in front of goal. Terrific. <laughs> 10 touches overall at 60% disposal efficiency. He did have a few donuts on the stat sheet. One I noticed was zero tackles. I'd like him to improve that. I want to see some defensive efforts from him. But overall, I mean, it was a pretty satisfactory effort. I'd like to see Ollie Henrahan out there. And I don't see why he would lose his spot. I'd be amazed if he did. Well, it's not really a quick turnaround, but perhaps... Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, with that in mind. Uh, now from the young to the old, Sean Burgoyne. <clears throat> Trying conditions, Tiz, call for silky execution. And uh, he was one of the better contributors in that regard. 16 touches at 75%, which uh, doesn't sound like not like much normally, but in those conditions, that's a luxury. Six tackles, six inside 50s as well, and a goal that uh, you had a go at me for because I was calling the action at the time. I was playing commentator, and uh, you had a go at me for not calling that one properly. Yeah, However... It was suggested. We were carousing a little longer through uh, halftime and well into the third quarter and hadn't left the uh, scones, jam, and cream, had we, Nick? <laughs> so we're just entertaining ourselves while by call-by-call call action. Well, this is all an audition for 3WBC, <laughs> so I was just warming up the pipes for that. Yeah, how is the tape? Have you made the audition tape there? Or? Oh, I've got a few hours of uh, podcast audio at the very least. They can hear my dulcet tones that way. <laughs> they know I'm up to it. I can do special comments. They know that. You won't know any of the other VFL players. Nope. <laughs> From the other clubs, that'll be classic. Nope, totally one-eyed. That's what this podcast is all about anyway. Should come as no surprise to listeners. Now, I called that Burgoyne goal and uh, very badly because I didn't think it was going to go through. And you had a go at me, but I believe uh, Hutto called it just as well. <laughs> Did he? Yep. He, no one saw just that one. Just as well or just as poorly? Oh, well, it's either or. It was a little bit from Colby. Anyway, that, that, was a, that was a lot of great fun, and we've yeah. just got to find the tech to be able to press red for <laughs> Hawk Talk Pod. Yep, exactly. So the jungle drums are beating about Sean, and Nat mm-hmm. Edwards asked him on the Sunday uh, oh, uh, footy coverage. Yeah, the uh, game day. Game that day. That she should be hosting, not Hamish. It's all right. They, uh, they she's a lot to, better. They seem to handball the... Anyway. <laughs> she looked... I'll, I'll fly the flag for Nat. She should be hosting. Anyway, I did see her at the end of the game, and she did not look very happy with the result. No, well, it's fair enough. She's a little bit peeved. No, written all over her face. Pork supporter, sometimes you can't hide it, you know. Anyway, she asked the hard question to Sean. She said, mm-hmm. you know, what's it going to take for you to get on to playing again next year? Mm-hmm. And he didn't sound all that down about it, did he? he, he, he... Nah, he's uh, pretty diplomatic about it. He, he knows that. The conversation's coming, as it has done in previous years for him. He's been on a one-year contract for quite some time. Yeah, he had a chuckle about that, and uh, they'll negotiate that in the next few weeks, I would say. So He did say he doesn't know when his knee's going to blow out, which is an yes, interesting it, phrase. It was an interesting comment that he's well aware of that. Uh, is he the best of the old guard that we've got going at the moment? Looking at the others, Ooh, that might be. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, because you look at Ruff, who's been sent back to Box Hill again after his one-week reprieve. Uh, Puopolo still does Puopolo things, but he's not hitting the scoreboard with any regularity. I don't think he's been goalless for like a number of weeks now. Um, you got Birchall, who's slowly making his recovery. I think we're getting the most out of Burgoyne in terms of the old guard. Yes, but he's also 
the one playing on the ball. So he, you should definitely be seeing more from him. It's the structures that are failing the forwards. Mm. I mean, how, how old are you talking here if we're looking at them? Because Ricky Henderson's 30. Burgoyne's 36. Mm. For him to be playing at 37, I mean, it's pretty pretty ridiculous. Ridiculous in the sense of... Ridiculous in that it's an outlier. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. it's such a statistical anomaly. It is ridiculous. Yeah. It's in this true. day and age, for him to be going around as an on-baller, mm. m- much of his career, he shouldn't be anywhere near the fitness that he is now. We spoke at length pre-season about Sean Burgoyne and where we might be at the end of season 2019 in terms of his uh, selection. Oh, here we go. Uh, and and I you think, said no. I think if we actually we're any danger of winning a premiership. He can't be selected. No, I don't think I quite said that. I said if we're looking towards the future, something's gone very wrong if he's still getting picked. Okay. Well, that's about the same. <laughs> I think you agreed with me. That's why I'm bringing it up. I'm not having a go. No, I, I, I do partially agree with you, but if there's no one pushing him out, then there's no one pushing him out. Well, that's the problem. I wish there was someone pushing him out. <laughs> the only question is, uh, are there players in the VFL... Hmm who don't look good at a VFL level. And by that, I mean, you've got a scrap down there. Mm. You're never going to get the easy outside ball yep. and some clean movement, which a lot of players depend on. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's denying the opportunity for a couple of boys, but we're seeing regular rotations through VFL into AFL anyway. Yep. And we're seeing Cousins down there for the second week in a row when mm-hmm. he was quite clearly best of field yes. in the previous week. Yep. So... I think everyone will be given their opportunity before the end of the year. And I and I think in the way that Clarko went about his press conference, whether we win the next eight or lose the next eight, it really doesn't matter to him. He's got different he's got different goals in mind. Yeah, he's got other plans. Uh, and the footy media will say what they want in the meantime and he won't care less. He'll just do what he wants to do. And that's fair enough. I mean, that press conference that we mentioned before, those quotes, that is basically the cue for Hawthorne fans to fall into line. Get on board. Buy what Clarko is selling. Pick up what he's putting down. This is going to be what the season is for the rest of the year. And you're only going to <laughs> disappoint yourself and upset yourself if you expect anything else. I know we all want to win, but uh, that's not really a priority. <laughs> so uh, so do we attend or not uh, with that kind well, of attitude? Well, I attend because I'm excited to see some of these young guys. This is, a, this is the, uh, the overture to the next era of success. You have to understand. You have to get on the ground floor. You have to say you were there, Tiz, to be a cool guy. All right? <laughs> or girl. <laughs> Couldn't you just claim you were there? Because there's not much to remember. <laughs> no, yes. you got, I, it, I was at Woodstock, by the way, everyone. So <laughs> Paying the price. Yeah. <laughs> All that kind of jazz. Now, he handed over the best of field on the weekend, Cousins, mm-hmm. to uh, I would say Harry Jones was just about best on we get into Box Hill already. I had yeah. more to say about the Eagles game. Did you? Yeah, just a few things. Do you mind if I tidy it up? Got some listener questions as well. I just want to get to Harry Jones. We'll get to Harry Jones. I want to talk about Harry Jones as well. But uh, let's talk about uh, Tim O'Brien. We mentioned him before. You don't look like you want to talk about Tim O'Brien. <laughs> the look on your face. He gets way more than his due on this pod. <laughs> what do you mean in terms of backlash? Airtime. Or airtime. <laughs> <laughs> Any mention at all. Uh, I mean, we heard from Justin at Hawk Talk Pod who pointed out, quite rightly, he got uh, completely ragdolled by Darling. One would have thought in constant rain 
It would play into the defender's hands. But nope, says Justin. After seven years, O'Brien has no body strength, can never read the flight of the ball, constantly jumps under it, never plays shoulder to shoulder. Justin's gone bang, tis. I'll go bang too. Uh, Jack Gunston playing behind the man <laughs> yeah. in the forward line. Yeah, that was frustrating. What was with that? Is, he, is there something wrong with him? I think he's just misreading the ball. Mm. But uh, So it would fall short in our forward line. Yes. And in their forward line, it would always go over the back. That's you so can't true. tell me that Kennedy wasn't running under the flight of the ball because mm. about three times they marked behind Kennedy. Yeah, yep. And could uh, could we do that, do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon we could just tell Connor Nash, look, just run at it and let it go over your head. And yeah. there's Poppy. Just <gasps> Yeah, exactly. Take the defender with you and open up the space. Like that Adelaide uh, final moments where he kicked the goal. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Went no, over everybody and then there's yeah. just Poppy just... Bang. So you've spared O'Brien here, I notice. <laughs> haven't mentioned him at all. Well, no, I, I'll go with O'Brien, but I think uh, two of those goals were over the back mm. and uh, he misread the ball quite a lot. And, but he also, uh, also Hardwick did similarly. They panicked mm. a bit in defence. Quick fire review of some of these players. Ben McAvoy, what did you make of him? How many touches did he have, Nick? Six, the same as last week. Yeah. He at least got a kick this week, so that's something. He didn't have a kick last week. Well, I thought he beat Tom Hickey, but he didn't yeah. beat Nick Nat. No, Nick Nat returning to senior footy for the first time in, what, two years or something, wasn't it? It was a long time, anyway. Well, Seglov had some opportunities. Yep. Uh, I noticed that in the team sheet, McAvoy was named it in the forward line. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem to happen with any regularity. He is just battling through a horrible patch at the moment, and... That bothers me because it makes me think he was rushed back. And it's annoying because, you know, Pinnanet's had a pretty good year. So let McAvoy take the time that he needs and play Pinnanet. I Especially if that's if the goal is to experiment, why not do that? I don't know. Just get under right, my skin. All right, Thomas. No worries. There's <laughs> no need for that. You want to play Pitnet and Segler? I didn't say I want to play Pitnet. No, Grundy. I didn't say I want to play Pitnet and Segler. I didn't say that. I said I wanted to play Pitnet. Okay. <laughs> Putting words into my mouth. Putting me on blast for something I didn't say. Uh, so it's I'm sec- sorry. I, I do apologise. <laughs> so insincere, little <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Uh, Tom Scully you had a go at Tom Scully there you go I'll sell you down the river yeah you, you fair enough too whinging and moaning about Tom Scully all day you were well he did pull out of a few uh, contested possessions I felt but then again he also stood up in a number of number of them but I think he is a little aware mm. still of the vulnerabilities of his body he doesn't want to be off the pitch for as long as he has been in the past I think he had 20 touches and half of them were contested reminded me a little bit of and we saw this in the footage again. Mm. Uh, Jordan Lewis getting hit by Harbrow all those years ago, mm-hmm. and then he played on twenty minutes later. Just a bit of the next few weeks, I remember watching Jordan run around and how aware he was mm. of, you know, he just he was very aware of the danger of the situation. I just felt that there was a bit of that about Tom Scully in the past few weeks. Mm. But he's not he's not there for that kind of stuff, is he? He's not there to exert himself on the contest. He, no, he looks no, a lot not. bigger than he is, I think, Scully. Mm, mm. So to wrap up this little recap that we've done of the uh, of the game, uh, we heard from one of our listeners, Anthony, at Hawk Talk Pod. Perfect results for this game. We played a good <laughs> brand, went hard at it. Young guys showed promise, played well enough to win, but just fell short. Perfection. Now let's keep that pick. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, I'm a bit worried about the percentage, honestly. Um, <laughs> I think I'd drop that a little bit. Of course, if we had one, we'd have been 11th. So, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I think Anthony might have hit the nail on the head there. It's a pretty good result. You have a go at me as if I want us to tank. <laughs> so unfair. You completely misunderstand me. You just think Pitnet should be rewarded. Yes, I do. I want us to win, but I'm okay with us losing. I can't be that dispirited with us dropping the four points anymore because I actually think it'll work out pretty well. It's like I've said for the past few weeks, if we end up ninth or 10th, which I don't even see that happening, but if that somehow miraculously happens, then that's a failure. Like that's We can't be doing that. We're not in a position to be doing that. If we made finals, then I guess the positive is at least some young guys would, would get a go and they'd benefit from that experience. But uh, I think we're in a... We're in a position where I totally back Clarko, and I know there's that whole catch cry of, in Clarko we trust, and it sometimes grates on me a bit, but I'm kind of there. I'm there with him. I back the message that he's putting out there. Yeah, so Peter had good numbers in the VFL this week, didn't he? He didn't play, did he? No. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to the Box Hill stuff since you're so desperate to talk about them. I don't know why, because they lost. They lost horribly. Uh, They fell to Casey by 34 (laughs) points. Um, a pitiless Box Hill lost in unfavourable conditions out at Casey Oval. Casey dominated with a complete four-quarter performance. Uh, Yeah, the inside, we were destroyed. Yeah, totally out-hunted. 21 in contested possessions and 16 in ground ball gets. We were down by those figures. Uh, We heard from one of our listeners, Haluki at Hawk Talk Pod, asks, when does Harry Jones get a gig? Good around the clearances, which is what we need. Now, you want to talk about Harry Jones? Go for your life, Tiz. I just want to see him. They need to unshackle him, let him go. This is a great weekend to do it because we've just seen from the from the north result that the pies are a little bit vulnerable. Mm-hmm. 29 touches on the weekend, 8 tackles, 5 inside 50s and a goal. That was reprising his stunning display against Sandringham the, the week before. So you can't ask for much more than that. And uh, Harry Morrison looked better than he, sh- he should at the level. Still teasing selectors. Yeah, so uh, he's just yo-yoing between the VFL and the AFL at the moment. It'll, it'll click for him, I think. I think he's got the ability. 23 disposals, 8 tackles, 5 marks, and 4 inside 50s for Harry Morrison. And 3 behinds. 3 behinds, okay, there you go. So he had his opportunities. Grant Birchall continued to, uh, you know, play. <laughs> Well, you know, do as much as you could expect of him at this point. We heard from one of our listeners, Enns. How is Birch going in the VFL, and do you think we might see him and Scrimshaw playing in the back with Impy up forward at some point? Now, there's something tantalising. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Now, SEN reported that Grant Birch will continued his slow return to footy. He finished with 13 touches in the first half, and once again put his feet up for the rest of the day. Exactly. And why not? Yeah. That's exactly what they should be doing with him, so I'm happy with that. Now, there were some big raps for one Mitchell Lewis. Who? Who you may be unfamiliar with. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of him lately. Uh, certainly it, not in the seniors. I, I mean, think, for wet weather footy, right? It's yeah, he not, stood tall, didn't he? Exactly. Which, it's not which made he finds for, difficult at his height. <laughs> it's not meant to favour guys of his size, but he, he played reasonably well. 16 touches, 7 marks, 5 tackles, 17 hitouts, and a goal. Yeah, did Ruffy go around? That's a good question, actually. No, he didn't. Ruffy had the weekend off. Which is good for him. I think he needs to put his feet up. He got a bit of a side strain. That's right. For yes. people who who weren't aware, just went under the radar that uh, he got an injury because I don't think it was listed when the teams came out. No, it wasn't. 
So, uh, yeah, I was a bit late to that as well. Some people let me know about that, which is good. Uh, now, the goals disposals uh, for goals, we've got Walker with two. Good to see he's still coming along. Lewis with one. Jones, Meadows, Mirror, and Moore had one each as well. Disposals, as we said, Jones with 29. Morrison, 23. Miles with 20. Bit of a forgotten man. Miles, is his, is his time going to come up? I know we talk about it almost every podcast now, but what about Taya Miles? I've no idea what happens with Taya Miles. The way he's going, it's not at the club, right? Because, I mean, he was on the table at the end of last year. Why wouldn't he be currency this year? If, it, if we're not going to play him in the seniors, why are we keeping him? Well, there's Shuey as well. He's exactly the same boat. And there it is, uh, Stuart Skirman, one of our listeners. <laughs> he tweeted us just before we hit record. Uh, I see that Sean Marcus failed to make a mention in last week's pod, hoping to get it back on tape this week. Bloody hell. <laughs> Hashtag shining a light for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Now, I noticed Jack Scrimshaw's return has been pushed out for another one to two weeks. I'm fine with that. Wingard, still one to two? Yep. Mm. Perfectly fine to being conservative on that. Okay. Why would you bring them back earlier? You don't want to run the risk of having a McAvoy thing as well, which I'm certain has happened. And Strats has one more week, doesn't he? No, I think that's it. I think he's available now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, since we're, since we're talking about that, let's get into the preview of Hawthorne versus Collingwood at the MCG, 7.50pm on a Friday. So hang on, it's a home game at the MCG on a Friday night, a genuine blockbuster clash, uh, the emergency services game. What does that mean? It's a new game. It's it's uh, pretty much to celebrate the emergency services here in Victoria and the great job that they do. Okay. So that's on the back of people being complete asses to them for the past 20 years. <laughs> It's a good initiative, Tiz, so let's just run with that. Um, what I'd like to say is, uh, no excuses, Hawks fans. Uh, if you want to stick it up, Cane Corns and Co, <laughs> all of our critics, here's the chance. Get out to the G this week and cheer on the team. Friday night's perfect. It's, it's the fixture. It's the it's the game we've been waiting for. We haven't had a Friday night blockbuster like this, and uh, I, I feel pretty optimistic. I think we're a chance. I'll be there. It'll be great. <laughs> there you go. There's the selling point listers. Yeah. Tiz will be there. Uh, so if you're in the MCC, go and say <laughs> Oh, you covered my face up. Oh, well, I covered my face up with a record, but you took the photo. <laughs> it was a good photo. If anyone wanted uh, to know how much fries were at McDonald's, they're a dollar. That's what that photo conveyed. Now, I might just embroider upon the uh, emergency services thing. Okay, go for it. The AFL obviously are convinced that they can influence people with how they go about that, you know, bringing that to the forefront of people's minds and you should respect emergency services, etc. Mm. Uh, but apparently, they will not make any difference when it comes to gambling advertising. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can't turn that ship. Uh, that <laughs> ship has sailed. Uh, so it's... Uh... That ship is well and truly sailing the many, many accountancies. <laughs> So virtue signalling when it's convenient, basically. When it's easy. When it's easy. And yep. financially tickable. <laughs> There's just so many inconsistencies. Anyway, I oh, well, can't don't... wait for him to be back on 3W again. <laughs> Foot in mouth disease, absolutely terrific. Well, who are you talking about now? Gil. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. President Gil. <laughs> yeah. No, CEO I've Gil. Just almost forgot I was living that nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about this game. Uh, we heard from Jarvis at Hawk Talk Pod. My premonition that we would win one of the next four almost came to fruition. Now it's down to the cats and pies. Which one are we pinching? I say it's this Friday. Collingwood will be fired up, but I'm guessing our backline does a superb defensive job and we get the chockies. They're missing a Jaden. They are missing a Jaden. And they definitely missed him in attack. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. They really fell down against North. 
So our defence has been reasonable this year. It's been my favourite part of our game. Uh, now let's look at the uh, the ins. I mean, Scrimshaw and Wingard, we said, might be a while away yet. Well, Stratton St- comes in. Stratton is available selection. You imagine he comes straight in. Uh, it's not going to be bad weather, so who do you think we're going to drop for him? Um, got to have the captain back. Yeah, got to have the captain back. Maybe O'Brien. Maybe. I don't know. Have to run with two rucks, right? Pido and Six. <laughs> don't forget don't forget you've got Impy there who can play forward. So you might mm-hmm. drop one of the younger players, let Stratton back in. Yep, that's true. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. He's quiet. He, I don't think he's done that much wrong, but he was, he's been quiet, that's all. Usually they, they, they say to hand or a hand or someone you've got a few weeks to mm-hmm. improve your spot. Yep. What and what about Lewis? I mean It's a good dilemma. Yeah, it is. It's a, selection dilemmas are good. As a general rule, I find. But what about Lewis? Is he a look this week? Because I, I know fans are crying out for it. What are we doing there? Where's the spot for him? Nash. Nash. <laughs> the Jeez. guy who was spreading the defence. That touched a nerve. No, no. <laughs> no, it's a good question. Where is the spot I for mean, him? I mean, he uh, he didn't have a possession to the other end of the park. Okay, So to mm-hmm. the city end, Nash didn't touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of ridiculous. Yep. Uh, so they would be looking at, at replacing him. But I would like to see them both in the same line. I'm, I'm just not sure that it can happen at the moment. I should mention also it's Ben McAvoy's 200th game this week, as well as Bruce's 200th game. Now, uh, here's a stat for you. Bruce I love is, this. Bruce is set to be the second quickest player in VFL-AFL history to reach 200 games. He has done so in eight years and 51 days as of this week. Ridiculous, isn't it? If you play that many finals, you get there real quick. <laughs> it's something that one of our listeners, Justin, pointed out at Hawk Talk Pod. He begins, Bruce played 17 games in 2011, 24 games in 2012, 25 in each year of our three-peat, 24 in 2016, 21 in 2017, 24 games last year and every game this year. You throw in 381 goals on top of that and three flags. Not bad for a rookie draft selection. And uh, the great man, Alistair Clarkson, will be uh, celebrating his 18th this weekend. Uh-huh. Well, he's not 18. Yet. No, I was going to say, he looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll be 18th in all-time coaching uh, terms. Okay. Terms of game, games level with Dennis Pagan. Oh, good on him. That's a nice little milestone he's notched up. Yeah, and with one club, pretty impressive. He needs some good news, Clarko, because he's under the pump. Is he? Yeah. Have, uh, do, you, do you not follow Footy Classified on Twitter? No. Because <laughs> uh, as I'm editing this... Actually, no. I, I think I do, actually, because you can <laughs> you can just watch the clips they put on Twitter Yep. and it's done. <laughs> that's right, yeah. That, that's everything. Yeah, yep. Yeah, sometimes I put six-minute clips up and you, and you do have to scroll a bit, but <laughs> great summation of their best content. They know no one's tuning in. <laughs> They put it on at a shocking hour. Oh, they do. Uh, no, Footy Classified has come for Hawthorne again. Uh, the preview of tonight's episode, because we're recording this on a late late Monday afternoon, early evening. Uh, Footy Classified tweets, with these six teams among those still to come, could the Hawks be faced with some tough questions to answer following the 2019 season? Like what? <laughs> we have to tune in to find out, Tiz. See, this is what I've been telling you, Nick. The last time a club won multiple premierships mm. or even made multiple grand finals, it took them a, a hell of a long time to become competitive again. And I feel as a way of um, making sure that it does not happen with a sort of, what, what's the word, a, a socialist motivation to make sure <laughs> everyone can be competitive. An agenda, if you yeah. will. Uh, if we could, 
after Melbourne, you know, they got so many in a row and then they got again in 64 and then nothing mm. since. To avoid that happening, mm. we need a priority pick. So I'm drafting a white paper to send to <laughs> <laughs> AFL House. Yep. And uh, I expect it to be respected, as all things are at AFL House. I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> Equally respected, um, as, it, as it does come from a, a loyal uh, and supporting AFL consumer. What you should do is uh, just hide it inside a memo. <laughs> so it's like hiding medicine in a dog's food. Well, <laughs> so they'll read it for sure. I, I did honestly think about offering to ghostwrite for a few of these AFL journos and just slipping it in. Yeah. You know, just a one-liner. And then you know, maybe uh, Damien Barrett might be looking the other way one day and I can get it into... Oh, Damien Barrett. I, I don't want to spend too long on this, but the article he wrote basically patting the AFL on the back for, hey, look, equalisation worked. It's here, everyone. Your team can win too. Everyone head along to the footy. Never mind you hate the game now and administration's basically buggered everything up and everyone doesn't like them. Head along because you too can win. Yeah. It's basically as transparent as well done the AFL on a good business model. Is he renegotiating at the moment? or <laughs> He must be. <laughs> if. <laughs> I can't even continue that with a straight face. <laughs> anyway, sliding doors. I'd love to write that just for one oh, week. So easy. Such easy work. Seriously, I, I think I might have mentioned it on the pod before, but these days like consuming AFL media is kind of like, it's just a game of weighing up, could I do your job? I think I could do your job. And by extension, how do they hang on to their jobs? It beats me. I have no idea. Hey, did you hear about, you remember how Kennett came out and he got pilloried for saying what he said? Uh, about what specifically? Because that seems to happen every second week. <laughs> <laughs> he said that uh, some of the attendants had no idea about the uh, society around football. And oh, okay. Basically, yep. that they hadn't been here very long and been exposed to it, and oh, how those on earth controversial comments, and how on <laughs> earth were they possibly, um, you know, put in that position? Yeah, there, there might have and, been a good point buried in there somewhere, but I think. And he, apparently, it turns out that they're not residents. Is that right? Did I read that on Facebook? Is that is has that actually been a twist in the tale? Yeah. I've read that from a couple of sources. I wasn't able to find the exact source, mm. but if that's true, there's a hell of a lot of retractions coming his way. I don't think Jeff's going to get his due somehow. They, they practically called him a racist, and I well, know he collects gollywogs, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean... That's because he's a buff old traditionalist, isn't it? Uh, if the racist cap fits, then <laughs> he's, he's wearing it. Uh, uh, Cyril jumped on that very quick. As we yeah, know, Cyril wasn't happy with mm. those comments, but no, you do you do point out something that and if the that GWS has in... fella came out and said, "Oh, with those comments like that, Cornelio <laughs> might find it hard to go there." Oh, because he's shit scared that he will. <laughs> the CEO of the Giants weighing in, saying, "Oh, I don't think our star player will like to play for you guys." Meanwhile, please we've had, don't we've had, go. <laughs> we've had some stunningly fantastic multicultural players. Oh, look, it's it's always more complex than people want to give Why it credit for. Why are there so many? Little pernickety because snatches of people's phrases and opinions and opinions reported as facts. Because it's it's a twenty four hour news cycle. We've got nothing better to do than than be outraged. And sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it isn't. I, I tell you this much though: Jeff doesn't help himself. He he phrased what 
he was getting at very clumsily. And I believe there was a, a, a grain, a little morsel of a good point in there. And it turns out, if what you're saying is true, he did have a point. I mean, if they don't know the game, then... How can you police it? Yeah, it's, it's, but, it's worth considering, just not in perhaps the way that he phrased it. <laughs> yeah, but then there are also people who say that umpires never had to play the game to be able to police it, so mm. I don't fall under that argument either. Yeah. Anyway, moving onwards and upwards to what <laughs> Jeffrey said after the game, where he said, <laughs> we suffer in silence. That doesn't sound like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he obviously wasn't impressed with the 31,000 himself. Uh, no, no. He wanted to kick up a stink about it because uh, he, he probably felt a bit embarrassed by it. That's why. Yeah. He felt the need to get on his soapbox again and go, well, this is the reason why this has happened. And, I mean, he's he's not entirely wrong, is he? I think he's a little bit of tinfoil hat thinking creeping in, but... Notice Justin Reeves is getting on the soapbox a bit more often now. I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind that. What do you think about that? I don't know. He seems to uh, speak pretty forthrightly. Uh, not sure if that's advised in the first few trips to the media box, but I suppose you have to get invited back. He hasn't put a foot wrong yet, has he? He just seems to want the spotlight a bit, don't you think? I think his heart's in the right place, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't think he's said anything completely out of turn or he's gone on any wild crusade unnecessarily. I mean, what's he said? He's... Well, I, I... All I'm saying is it just doesn't seem to be a team play. They're all coming from different angles. Clarko, Kennett and Reeves. I think, yeah, there might be some truth to that. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I noticed uh, Kennett brought in one of the great uh, Liberal Party-isms when he said we're a broad church. <laughs> yep. Yeah. In that we're not going to kick anyone out for saying the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. funny that, because he's usually the one that says the wrong thing. Well, I mean, wrong thing or has a different opinion, I yeah. think, is what he actually means. But it translates to that in the media today. Yes. Yeah, so I guess he sort of promotes that kind of... They they do promote that. We've attended the AGMs and they promote that kind of, you know, you bring your ideas mm. and be generous with them and we'll judge them for their worth. He doesn't want a sort of top-down mm. structure. But look at the context in which these, you know, figures are speaking up. It's usually because the club's under siege. And I'd argue perhaps a bit unfairly. Not always, but in some instances, I think, you know, we know what happened with Stratton and the pinching stuff. That went on far too long. Yeah, that did. That was ridiculous. And got a terrible fixture. Anyway, we're going to get bottom four finished now and play the bottom six twice or whatever that is, you know, that, or are they going to get rid of that ladder structure now? And, oh, can you imagine? This is going to be great, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, we get to, like, play the Gold Coast Suns. We've had this terrible fixture coming in, mm -hmm. right? And then Hutchie's like, you know, it's not really finals without Hawthorne, is it, guys? <laughs> so, uh, wild card, what do you reckon? Oh. And then Mitchell comes back. And, <laughs> and, you know, we haven't been playing Ruffy for a while. And oh. Here we go. He just decides to turn it on one last oh, time. This is some fantasy booking. If ever I've heard it. This is exactly what they want. A sort of endless struggle for hope. Yeah, because it's worth money. There's money to extract from hope. God, that's a bleak, cynical view of the world. <laughs> All right, mate. So the losers from last year's grand final. Are you a bit angry at the pies and they're sort of... Yeah, uh, I'm fired up. Yeah. You know, who do they think they are being top four when they dish up that garbage? Against North. 
So we just lost to West Coast by six points after mm. they lost by five last year. <laughs> sure, it's a little bit different. More on the line. <laughs> you don't say. But I tell you what was different. I left with a smile on my face because <laughs> I have all my teeth. <laughs> can I get can I get going now? Can yeah. you help me up enough? Yeah, go Alright, let's go. Now Pies fans, whatever happened to that banner from last year's grand final? The only thing that has less integrity than Jaden Stevenson. Well I'll tell you what happened. I snuck onto the ground and seized it for myself. See, with the winter weather setting in, I've sewn the scraps together into a kind of loser duvet. I wrap myself in it, get all nice and snug, safe and secure. It feels amazing! Thank you so much, Collingwood. Your grand final defeat keeps me feeling warm at night. But at least some good came from that game, eh? But on to this Friday night. By the time the Hawks are through, it won't just be a bunch of crepe paper torn to shreds. Seriously, Collingwood, if you have something up your sleeve to distract from the final margin, I'd have it on standby. You know, maybe a soundbite from your loose-lipped president? Now I get the feeling Eddie Maguire's got another microaggression in him. What do you reckon? He's been racist, sexist, ableist? I'm super excited to complete my bigot bingo card this weekend, so fingers crossed! Oh, if you're wondering how I can be so confident of this result, Pies fans, you better believe I'm tipping against us for Mason's Multi. The curse tends to come through on a Friday night, so steal yourself emotionally, yeah? It's Friday night, it's a blockbuster, and under lights, it's Hawthorne's time to shine. What do they pay on the bingo at Collingwood? <laughs> I reckon uh, Mason Cox bingos is, is right in his first contract. Oh, it's it's just uh, they're good fun the players, aren't they? They're just a constant news cycle. Now I heard a nice little story about how Hanrahan got picked. Did you hear this? No, go on. So uh, he's just lining up for some goal shooting at training, mm-hmm. and uh, Clarko walks behind him and says. You kick this one, your chance to play this week. <laughs> no way. Yep. Geez, no pressure. No pressure. Anyway, he kicked it, but what a way to be told. That's amazing. I love that. Still a bit of a hard taskmaster as Clarko, <laughs> even now. <laughs> you're a chance to play if you kick this. Yeah, not even you will play. <laughs> oh, you're in calculations. <laughs> See how I feel. <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right, well... He didn't detail how hard the shot was, though. Maybe Clarko had his arm forced. Could have been in the club rooms, really. <laughs> <laughs> Just bend space and time and you might have a go on the MCG. He might have run in from 40 out, made it a 10-metre kick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we're going to wrap this thing up, but before we do, I know you want my tips. Oh, yes. After all the right. fast that was Mason's multi last week, being bundled out on the first night, well, it was a bit of a hospital hand pass from me. I honestly didn't think you'd get anywhere near it, and you didn't. Oh, that's bold. I can I can tell when you're being sincere some of the time. <laughs> and I, I am shocked. And you thought I was in with a chance last week. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> All right. First game of the round, us versus Collingwood. Well, 15th yep. versus second. Well, you got my tip in the, uh, the rant there. I won't be tipping us. I'll be tipping Collingwood. Okay. Uh, the Saturday at the MCG, Essendon versus Sydney. The SCG, was that? MCG. MCG, sorry. Uh, that's a tough one, actually. Um, no Buddy. And no Sinclair either, apparently. Mm. But no, also no Bell Chambers. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm back Essendon, actually. Uh, Suns, Richmond. Just a little smirk creeping across your face. Uh, I hope that? it comes through on the mic. <laughs> who was that? Sorry. I hope it comes through. No, who are the teams? Oh, Adelaide. Uh, no, Suns Richmond. Suns Richmond. Uh, and it's being played up there. 
Uh, Richmond. Good. Uh, <laughs> Adelaide Power? Adelaide. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think they're getting three big names back this week, including Tom Lynch. I thought Port Adelaide were very disappointing on the weekend against the Bulldogs, who are now hosting the mm. Cats at Marvel. Uh, cats to win. Dockers. <laughs> <laughs> it was still my pick for the Premiership, even after they lost to Carlton. Yep. That was hilarious. <laughs> against the Eagles. Just before I give my tip for that one, did you see how social media was promoting the last two minutes of that match? Yeah. It's like the most unmissable thing there could ever be in the in the history. Well, of... Three goals in the last two minutes. One of them by um, Sirikowski. Yeah, uh, Swikowski. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Swikowski. Yep. Yeah, it was, he was a St Kilda player, wasn't he? <laughs> anyway, it was a lovely finish. I thought he'd won it for him, and then Mark Murphy showed up. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've seen better finishes. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> not everyone barracks for Hawthorne. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, West Coast. Now, Carlton, 17th, versus Melbourne, 16th, in a game that I can only suggest makes us closer to the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> there um still tickets to that one? or <laughs> To the MCG. Okay. Uh, oh God. I bet you there'll be comps. <laughs> Is this on a Sunday? Yes, one one ten. Can I get away with being a kid or <laughs> go in free? That's <laughs> what it deserves. Um, oh, let's go, Carlton. Coming what? back from Perth. Yeah, that's going to be rough. Yep, sneaky outside chance. Why not? North St Kilda. That's oh, tough as well. North. north have won four of their last five. Yep, that annoys me. But I'll go north. And the Giants versus the Lions in the blockbuster clash. Really? In Western Sydney. I'll go the Giants. That should be a very good game. I think so, yeah. I thought you were about to say you're a very good chance to get that multi this week, but I don't know what no, to believe No, you picked anymore. Carlton coming back from a Perth trip in which they've totally overperformed, and they're coming up against Melbourne, who are smarting off capitulating in the last quarter. Didn't they play in the... Did they play the Gabba, or...? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, both are travelling, so... Both are travelling back to Melbourne. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I do. Yeah, I mean, you say that... No, I can't see Carlton winning two so in I'm a row. So I'm getting the that sneaky would be suspicion. I'm getting the sneaky suspicion, Tiz, that you want me to fail every week with this multi. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't make any money out of it this week because you've picked bloody Collingwood. Well, I have to. It's the Friday night curse. And I can't I can't bet on the Hawthorne games. It's the Friday night curse, which didn't come through for me last time because Sydney won. But uh, we know with Friday nights and Mason's multi, whichever team I pick tends to, with alarming regularity... They drop their bundle and they lose, well, famously, usually by a lot. So, yeah, that's who I've gone with. Anyway, I can't see any of the skill levels improving for this round. <laughs> what, for our team? No, across the league. Across the league, right. I'd hope that something improved with us, given It'll the It'll be conditions. interesting to see what happens in finals, because there's mm. been a few years where the skill level has dropped uh, during finals. Mm. It's just the intensity has increased. But I do have a question for us to end on. Is there a player on our list who mm. you would be willing to part with mm. in order to either A, get another pick earlier in the draft, or B, get our first round pick lower, so to pick two or something, mm. so that we can pick up Anderson after Finn McGuinness was best on ground for Vic Metro on the weekend? Yep. I mean, it could be a very quick rebuild if we were able to get Anderson and McGuinness. So is there anyone on the list, and I think we should leave this for a week, 
who you'd be willing to trade in order to accomplish that. All right, so I won't give my answer now. We'll just uh, sit on that. It's the one to go on with. Yeah, yeah, don't say Bruce yet. But <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a bit of anti-sizzle for next week. You know exactly what's coming. Uh, no, we should uh, get to some social media Let stuff. Let him have his 200th game, eh, Nick, and then kick him out the door. Such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on blast. You're going to say the same thing. Uh, now, let's get on iTunes. Uh, well, you get on iTunes. No point me doing it. It's my show. I shouldn't have to rate and review it. You haven't? How remiss of you. <laughs> I back other people to like our show, not just me. So sue me. Uh, get on Those iTunes. first couple of weeks were a bit rough, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I was off the bandwagon then, mate. I was gone. <laughs> I was like, this is rubbish. Uh, iTunes, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we'd love it if you could. Uh, it gives us a warm, happy feeling inside when you do. It encourages us to make this show bigger and better every week. Uh, you can jump on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Fairly upbeat, like I said, over there. And we uh, love hearing from people there. Find us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. I like to think of it as a bit of a shelter from the storm, that uh, that little Facebook page from the, the usual nonsense we get on that platform. Facebook is as Facebook does. Sure. As is, as is the ancient saying. <laughs> well, look, Tiz, you have my tip, but before we wrap up, I want your tip. Oh, Buckley under pressure in the box is my tip. I can just see it now. It's just the return of sack bucks. Oh, it, it just, you know, if anything's tight or wobbly... You know, that's the worst we've played was two weeks ago. Yep. And then this week it was, oh, that is definitely the worst we've played. Um, I just can't wait to see what iteration he has this week. Is it just the worst of the worst we've played? Because he was there in 2013 when they were pretty bloody awful. All good comedy works in threes, Tiz. So <laughs> we're coming up to the third week of absolute deplorable garbage that they're going to dish up. They that's do get, hope, anyway. now, get ready because they get a... Fantastic run with the Umps, Collingwood. Oh, do they? Yes. Okay. Well, but that'd be interesting All though, because so do Hawthorne. Remember hashtag free kick Hawthorne? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, we get a fantastic run with the Umps. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to enjoy this game. There's nothing in the result for me. It's just uh, progress and development of the youngsters, and yep, I hope we exactly get another right. youngster this week. Yep. Harry Jones for me, or Mitch Lewis? I'd be happy with his inclusion. Why the hell not? I say. Let's uh, let's just head along and enjoy it. And I do mean that. Do head along. Don't think that just because we're downplaying, uh, you know, win or lose, eh, whatever. No, there's still plenty to enjoy about Hawthorne right now. And, and what uh, are you going to do with your Saturday morning anyway? Do you mean to say we're going to be partying all night? <laughs> is that, is that <laughs> no, Collingwood aren't that significant. <laughs> all right, well, we'll leave it there, Tiz. So you're going to be all right this week, mate? Out there in the, uh, what do they call it? The cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine, mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be okay being back with my M10 brethren. Okay. Huddling at the back of the bays for fear of hypothermia or something? Or? I thought you were going to say fear of behavioural awareness officers. <laughs> <laughs> They're always around there, let me tell you. Singing songs to Harry Jones to keep yourself warm. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, it's fired up now. Yeah, let's let's think of a Jones song. Let's do that. All right. Well, well anything by Harry Connick Jones, I would have thought it would work. Doctor Jones, Aqua. All right. Well, we're getting a bit too carried away Aqua. here with that. Wow. <laughs> Who'd have thought Aqua would rate a mention on the Hawk Talk podcast? That was one of the non-mentionables. <laughs> yep. That's a real uh, sort of anti-bucket list, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are a happy team at Hawthorne. Can't wait for the uh, barbecue one. <laughs>